Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to welcome you to the house. I want to thank those of you that are joining us online. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. We love Love you. You're very faithful. We know that, and we appreciate that so much. So thank you so much for being here uh, or being with us. And I want to thank you for being with us as well. Another big crowd this morning. Um, Let me say this real fast. I realize the parking lot is crazy right now, and we're on that, okay? Nothing's happening very fast right now, but we're on that, okay? And so in the coming days we and weeks and months, I'm sorry, but we will get that addressed. We've got some things going on with that and we will try to help you out. We don't need a bar fight after church, that's for sure. So uh, help us out in the parking lot, because I know it's a little bit crazy out there, but dang, that's a good problem, amen? So uh, that's good stuff, and glory to God for that, amen? So um, we're, I've been in a series. This is the last of the series. So I've been in a series. It's simply called Discover TCAP. Uh, and we have run through our four, what some churches call purpose statements, we call them core values uh, because it's in our core, it's in our DNA, it's who we are, it's what we do. But we've looked at four things that, that, that the church does or the church tries to accomplish or wants to accomplish. And we keep this in front of us a lot because I think it's very important for the church to know why the church does church. I mean, There's nothing worse than someone asking you about your church and all you can do is say, well, the pastor is Jeff. And they're like, woo-hoo. I'm like, woo-hoo. I'm like, that doesn't move me either. (laughs) And I'm Jeff. But, But what I'm saying is, you gotta have more than that. I mean, I appreciate you loving me and knowing my name, but but listen, you they they wanna know what the church is doing. Why it does what it does, why it opens the door, why people come, what do you want to happen in people's lives and families' lives and husbands' lives and, 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 and wives' lives and kids' lives? What do you want to happen in the life of people? Why does the church open the doors? What's, what are you trying to accomplish? Because listen to me, if you don't know why you open the doors and why you're trying, what you're trying to accomplish, guess what? <laughs> you're gonna get lucky. You're not gonna accomplish it. Because if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, guess what? You're not gonna get it. Because if you don't know what you're chasing, guess what? (laughs) You're gonna die of a heart attack because you're not gonna catch it, all right? And so what I want is I wanna empower you, the church, to know why we do church. Because if you know why we do church and you've been a product or or that church has had an impact in you, that's your story. Tell that story. You can get later to, oh, uh, our pastor's name is Jeff. They might thrill them later, but it won't thrill them at first, okay? So, so that's why we do the series. I want you to know your church. I want you to know why we open the doors of the church. And so we're running through the four purpose statements or core values. And so number one, you, weeks ago, I, I talked about the number one uh, core value for us as a church. And that is that when everyone, every person that walks into this house, to this church, we want them to know God. 
to K-N-O-W, God. We want people to have a fresh encounter, maybe for the very first time, we want them to have a fresh encounter with a living God. Because you know what? If they meet God, whoo, mm, ask the blind man what happened. When they meet God, when they have an encounter with God, I don't want them to meet religion. I don't like religion. I want them to meet God because God wants a relationship with them, a personal, intimate relationship with them. He wants to say your name and you say his name. He says, I know the hairs on your head, the lack thereof. He knows your thought before you think him. He is a personal God. That's a crazy thought, okay, that the creator wants to know and have relationship with the creation. That's crazy. You see, you say, well, he knows the stars, and, he, and, and Scripture says he knows the stars, and he, and he knows them by name. Yeah, but you know what? You're better than a star. You know why? Because Jesus didn't send his son to die for that star. He sent his son to die for you. Woo. You just look at your spouse next to you and say, I'm better than a star, honey. I'm better than a star. I am a star, right? You're better than that because that's who he loves the most. You're his jewel. You're his prize creation. And he says, I don't want to just create you. I want to hang with you. I want to be your best friend. I want us to do life together. So we want people to encounter God. We don't want them to encounter religion. We don't want them to. We want them to encounter a living God. He'll change your life, man. He'll make a blind man see. He'll give a hopeless man hope. He'll give a man without purpose, purpose. We want them to, cha we want them to change your life, man. So we want people to know God. Number two, core value for us as a church, we want people after they know God to find freedom. Woo! When the Lord sets you free, you'll be free indeed, amen. You may not be able to dance, but you will dance. It might not be pretty, but it's not for them, amen. That's what I tell people. You don't like the way I dance? Don't look. I'm just saying, I'm dancing for Jesus. I'm not dancing for you. You didn't put a quarter in my jukebox. I put it in there. I'm gonna dance for him, all right? That, listen, he put a song in you. You gotta sing it. You say, Pastor, I can't sing. I can't either. I can't either. I can hum. Woo, I can hum. But I can't sing. And sometimes I sing and them words not in the song. My sweet wife, she say, baby, that, them words are not in that song. <laughs> they in my song. They in my song. I'm just singing it, all right? I love Paxton, but I'm not on that song. I'm, I'm just saying, you gotta sing the song. And some people can't sing the song because they are so, so tied down with junk and baggage of old life and past life and decisions and choices. And, and the enemy's yelling at you saying, that's who you still are. This Jesus thing won't work for you. Yes, it will. He set me free, redeemed me, put a song in me. And the enemy like putting duct tape on you. You gotta rip that stuff off in Jesus' name and you say, in your face, in your grill, I'm gonna sing my song. And that's how you gotta do it because you're the church. And if the church's not singing, who's singing? Amen? Who's, the world's not singing, they don't have no song. You don't have a song until Jesus puts it in you. The world can't sing no song. You can sing it. We're called to sing it. But people can't do it because they can't find freedom, man. They're chained up. Can I tell you, man, drop them chains. Be set free. Jesus said, when I set you free, boy, you be free indeed. 
If he sets you free, be free. If he reminds you of your past, you remind the devil of his future. I mean, you get in his grill, man. Don't take that stuff from him. You're a king's kid. You talk smack. You need to. You knock him out, all right? You tell him that, all right? You say, I don't even know how to talk smack. Just start doing it. You'll come, all right? <laughs> it won't be pretty at first, but you'll get it, all right? I'm just telling you. You can do it. You say, that's not in my blood. Oh, it's in your blood. You've got the king's blood. Just talk, all right? Just talk. Yeah, that, some of y'all are like, I got to get out of here. That guy's crazy, man. Right, listen to me. You got to find freedom, all right? When the church is free and when it's singing and when it's dancing, man, I'm telling you right now, that kingdom is just celebrating, boy. When Terry came out of that water, woo! Heaven, boy. Heaven. Mm, that's a big deal. All of them are big. That, that big by, let me say, let me tell you this. I can tell you this because Terry loves me. I, I love her to death. She said, Jeff, I don't know about the crowd. <laughs> Can it be private? I said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Because when you come out of that water, sister, when that church claps for you, and when they start screaming your name, oh, what that does inside of you, girl, uh-uh, we're not keeping this quiet. You're going to sing. We're going to start singing for you and with you, and you can join us when you come up and get that water off of you. But we're going to sing. We're not doing this secretly at night like Nicodemus. We're coming out, all right? This is a coming out party. And that's why she did that. She said, I don't know about that. I said, I know about that, so get in that water, all right? And so that's how we did it. I mean, that, she got to have that. We got to have that. That's all part of freedom, man. You do it secretly, Mm, he's going to lock you down secretly, and you won't sing. Find freedom, man. We want people to know God and to find freedom, because when you get set free from your past, when you drop the suitcases, when you unpack them, and when you put the clothes in the dresser, and when you hang them in the closet, you're going to be there a while, right? All right? Drop that junk, man. Be set free. Some of us, our biggest hang-up is forgiveness. We can't forgive ourselves, and we won't forgive other people. And you got to let them go, because they're killing you. They're sucking the life out of you, man sucking the life out of you. They're stealing your song, and you're giving them the duct tape to do it. Take it off your mouth and sing your song, man. Walk in freedom. Purpose state number three, discover purpose. Once they know God, all right, once they find freedom, we want them to discover their purpose. Can I tell you something? Everybody, everybody, online, in the house, everybody got a purpose. God made you for something, he gifted you, equipped you, gave you skills. He, he, he did every bit of that. And when you're doing what God made you to do, guess what happens naturally? That song, by you doing what you do, is an adoration of praise and thanksgiving to a good, good God who's done a good, good thing in you. Man, go do what God called you to do. You've got purpose. Go find that purpose. Walk in that purpose. Go. All your friends may go to A&M, and God says, no, nah, you're going to Baylor. Then don't go where all your friends go. Go where God says, because God's got a reason to put you there. I did not want to go to the college I was gonna, uh, that I went to. I didn't even have it picked out. I told everybody else. I told the other colleges, no. I told them, no. And the college that I held out for called me and said, I'm not offering you the scholarship. I was like, uh-oh. And then an hour later, a phone call came. And a coach that came to one game 
said, I knew then you were gonna play ball for me. And he said, I know that Baylor offered that scholarship to that other kid. So you probably want what I got on my desk. I've already got your name on that. Already. The next night he had dinner in my house with my family, my parents, and I signed that scholarship. You tell me that God doesn't have a purpose, so let God do that, all right? So today, purpose statement, our core value number four is make a difference. That's the fun one, man. Once you know God, once you find freedom, once you discover a purpose that he has for you, go make a difference. Go make a difference, man. That's what he called us to do. So here's a question for you. Do you believe that God is sovereign? He's sovereign. Amen, he is. Let me help you with that. He is, okay? I'm not setting you up here. I am setting you up, but I'm not setting you up to fall. I'm setting you up. God's a sovereign God, meaning God is in control. God's got this. A lot of people say God is sovereign, God is in control, but they live as if it depends on them. They, they like it. I'm, 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 let me say this to you. If, if you have a controlling nature, I'm not calling you a control freak, but I'm saying if you have a controlling nature, can I say this to you? Let it go. Find freedom in Christ to let it go because if you will let it go, the sovereign God will take control. But as long as you're gonna help God, he can't do it or he won't do it. I want you to go to Isaiah 55 with me. Isaiah 55, verse eight and nine. You'd be like a guy I had lunch with one time. I, I, I said this statement, and then I showed it to him in scripture, and he said, I didn't know this was in the Bible. I just thought people used this. <laughs> Let me show it to you in scripture, all right? 55, eight, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Every week, month, year you live, the more sweeter this gets. Hmm. Listen to me. Some of you are like, God, if you would just do this, then this would be this. God, if you would just show up here, this would be this. And God, if you could just do this this time, that would be great. If you could just make this prayer right here happen, this would be awesome. And God does neither of them. Can I say something to you? Some of the best things that I thought should happen didn't happen, but when it did happen, it was better. It was better. Sometimes I pray for this. I'm like, God, nothing. But later, God did this. And I'm like, <laughs> that's even better. That's even better. God, if you could just do this right now, that'd be great. I need you to do this right now. Silence. Later, this happened. And I'm like, woo, I'm better. I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad that didn't happen. Some of you are there. You're telling God, God, if, if you will do this then, then I, boy, I'm gonna give you some praise and worship. 
and it's not happening, so you're locking down, you're going, I'm not doing it till you do your part. And God's like, I'm sorry, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm a sovereign God, and I'm in control. If you release that to me and just worship, I'll do my thing, and it'll be better than anything you could ever do. Listen to me, don't make deals with God. Don't hold out on God. You worship the king. You give it up for Jesus every single day. And you don't worry about how it happens or what happens because God's got that. And God will do it even better than you could ever think or imagine, my friend. He'll blow your sandals off, I promise you. Don't try to plan it and orchestrate it and set it all up for God. Man, I, I, I was three years out of college before I ever met Melissa, and most of those three years, I walked around my property that I was renting this house from out in the country, and I was just talking to all the cows and telling God how great I was and how I should have a wife. And God's like, yeah, you ain't, you ain't half of what you think you are. And he chiseled me and molded me and made me new. He corrected some stuff that I needed corrected. And then when I least expected it, through a front door, walks my wife. Don't try to do it. You do God, he'll do the rest. You keep the, first th the main thing the main thing. You seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things be added to you at the right time. Can I say something to you? God's always perfect. His timing's always perfect. His ways are always perfect. They're not gonna be our ways and they're not gonna be our thoughts, but they're perfect. So chase Jesus. Don't chase his plan. Don't, set, don't chase your plan. You chase Jesus. He'll do his plan as you chase his heart. God is a sovereign God and God is in control. We sang it earlier. Your way, mm, your way, just better. Your way is better. See, I think it's high time the church stops singing good songs and start living good songs. <laughs> we say, well, I've sang that song a thousand times. Yeah, but you're not walking that thing. If his ways are better, then quit trying to control God. Quit trying to hold him out. Trust God. His way is better. Walk in that way. Look in your scripture, Psalm 37, 23. 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. The NIV will say this, the Lord makes firm, mm, boy, the steps, firm, the steps. You know why they're firm, right? Because they're on a rock. His name is Jesus. The New Living Translation says this, the Lord directs the steps, meaning Everywhere my feet land is ordained by God. Every one of them. Even for those who walk in somebody else's choice, God sees you. God sees you. You said, Jeff, I'm, I'm here not because I wanna be, it's because other stuff, they did it. They made a decision, they did this, they did that, and I am a product of that. Can I say something? Don't walk in victim card. Don't walk in that. Walk in purpose, knowing that absolutely where you are, the sovereign God sees you. You're more important than a star he hung and called by name. He sent his son to die for you, wants a relationship with you, set you free, give you a purpose for you to make a difference. Get your eyes off yourself because I got a recipe for you. You wanna be really miserable in life? Make this whole thing about you. That's all you gotta do. 
You just pour that in your bowl and add some milk and get your favorite spoon because you're gonna get just a nasty life of misery because this thing ain't about you, never was, never will be. It was here before you were hatched. It'll be there after you croak. That's the bottom line. And the more you can understand the fact that God's got a purpose for your steps and they line up with Scripture, then get in line with Scripture and enjoy the ride, baby. You gotta sing your song. They're gonna place your feet land that God hasn't ordained. So even that long line in Walmart, mm mm-hmm. Yep, open your eyes because somebody in that long line at Walmart needs you to pray for them, encourage them, or something. You ain't, there's nowhere you're at that's an accident. Coincidence, find that in the Bible. Somebody's looking right now. (laughs) It's not in there, man. It's not in there. I'm sorry. It's not. Every step is directed by sovereign God who has better for you than you have for yourself. Just know that. Know that. You know why I know that? Not only because I'm living proof of that, I'm just saying, you know why I know he's better than what I have for me? Because I'm singing his song when I get there, and his song's a better song. (laughs) If I get there on mine, I'm singing my song. My song don't do nothing for nobody. Don't do nothing. His song is the song that attracts. That's it. Psalm 139, verse 16. All the days, mm, come on. All the days of my life have been ordained before one of them came to be. We come to be when he says it's time to come to be and we go home to be with him when he says it's time to come home and be with me. You start being, you end being. And every one of those steps, buddy, are ordained by God. So where you are today is right where God wants you to be. The question is, are you making a difference where you're at? It's what it's all about. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. It's a great word here. For we... You and I are God's workmanship. Mm, Some Bibles will say masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Woo! Y'all go to lunch now. That's all you need. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, who the creator, the sovereign God, King Jesus prepared in advance for me to do. So every time I get somewhere, he's already there. And he's already set it all up for me. All I gotta do is sing my song and point to Jesus. That's it, man. Workmanship is a word from a Greek word. Puma, a pioma. It simply means correct. It's something crafted with skill for a purpose by God. Woo! I have been, I have been created with a skill for purpose by God. I said in the first service, I never intended to be a senior pastor. I even tried to talk God out of it. I told him he had that wrong address. He said, no, I got the right address. I said, no, 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 that's across the street. He said, no, 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 it's yours. And I couldn't do anything other than this, man. 
I love doing this. The best job in the whole wide world. Somebody said that to the first service, I can tell you love doing what you're doing. I love doing what I do. Love it. I, mean, I could mow yards too. Toby would hire me. He loves me. And I, I'd be happy, but I got to do what I got to do. I got to do what God created me to do. And this is what he created me to do. I'm crafted with a skill for a purpose by God. I don't know if you've heard the statement, but my actions always follow my beliefs. Anybody ever told you that? My action will always follow what I believe. Here's how that works. It's simply this. If I believe God is a sovereign God and God is in control, I will walk like that because that is my belief. See, sometimes people say these statements. They say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You were a sinner, now saved by grace, and God calls you a saint. So walk like a saint. Believe like a saint, live like a saint, sing like a saint, walk like a saint, eat like a saint. Because if you're a loser, you're gonna play like a loser and attract the losers. But if you know you're a winner, you're gonna live like a winner and attract a winner. My grandfather used to tell me, never let a loser tell you how to be a winner, son. Good point, very good point. I'm out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, nothing around me but sharks. He used to say, you can listen to me or you can jump in the ocean. I'm like, talk on. I ain't getting in that water. Them suckers swim in that boat, boy. They're like, he's licking their chops, boy. Get in here, boy. I'm like, listen, we got too many people who they don't know who they are in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation, all right? You are a saint. You're a king's kid. Walk like that. If you think you're a sinner saved by grace, guess what you're gonna do? I'm just a sinner. I don't know what you expect from me. I'm just a sinner. No, you're not. You're not a sinner because I shake them. All right, I won't hit people, I promise. But I'm just saying, you're not a sinner anymore, man. You've been set free, bought by the blood, covered by the blood. He set you free, walk in that. You're not a sinner, man. You're a saint, live like a saint. Go by that name. Look it up in the Bible, that's what he calls them. He calls them saints. He writes to the saints. He doesn't say, well, this is James writing to the sinners. He ain't writing to the sinners. Y'all, I didn't know that that's what that meant. That's what that meant. He don't write to the sinners. He's writing to the saints. Some of those letters, Paul writes to them all the time. Be a saint, live like a saint. Believe you're a saint, walk like a saint. God, God loves you. God is in control. He's a sovereign God. He has a plan for your life. He says, go make a difference. Go make a difference everywhere you are. James 1.1 says this. James 1.1 says this. James, a servant of God. Please see that. Woo. James, a servant of God in the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. I was teaching youth one time and I read this that scripture. That's all I read on Wednesday night. I said, what's that mean? I don't know what that means. That didn't say anything to me. I said, can I help you what that means? That means bloom where you're planted. Bloom, baby, where you plant. All those 12 tribes, you think they all love their location? <laughs> you need to read the Bible. They gripe it all the time. 
They didn't like it, man. They're like, why are you, you bringing, we got the sorry spot. Why can't, why do you put us here? Uh, bloom where you're planted. I used to have youth come up to me and go, I, I, I should be at Red Lobster. What? I, I should be working at Red Lobster. Okay, where are you working at? McDonald's. I said, what do you do at McDonald's? I flip French fries and I salt them. Wow, <laughs> quite a job description. I didn't say that to him. I was thinking, man. So that's all he did. He, I said, why do you think you need to be at Red Lobster? I, I just, I can make more money and it'd just be better for me. It just fits me better. I said, I tell you what, if you go to McDonald's from this day forward and you flip, flip French fries and salt them suckers and you sing your song for Jesus, where, you have, where, much, where much is given, right? if you've been trusted with little, you'll be entrusted with much. If you do great with little, you'll get much. But if he promotes you too quick, you'll fumble that. And it's his name. God will promote you like nobody else can promote you. If you think you need to be promoted, God will promote you. If God doesn't promote you, then sing your song where you're at. Just bloom where God has put you. Some of you know this story. I was in Walmart one time. I'm walking down this aisle with my buggy. There's a little grandma down there. She's over on tippy toes. And I said, ma'am, you need some help? Well, Sonny, yes. Can, can, you get me a, can you get me some beer? I just need, a, I need, that, I need a six-pack of beer. I was like, all right. So I reach up there, got a six-pack of beer. I put it in her basket, and I started to walk on. She said, Sonny, Sonny, you know you're old if you say Sonny. Sonny, I said, yes, ma'am. She said, uh, can you get me another one? I was like, all right, Grandma, we're going to get you another one. So I got another one down, and I put it in a buggy. I'm blooming where I'm planted. You say, Preacher, you got, you getting a beer for an old lady. I said, hey, that's her, that's her responsibility to God, not mine. My, mine's bloom where I'm planted. Mine's make a difference. I made her day, all right? And I'll show you how I made her day. Three hours later, I'm doing my buggy. Here she comes. She looks at me and goes, Grandma winked at me, boy. I had to go home and confess to Melissa. I got hit on by Grandma at Walmart, boy. I got her some beer down, and she winked at me three hours later. I'm like, seriously, you got to bloom where God put you. You say, I can't believe you putting that in with Scripture and calling it bloom with God. No, I'm just saying, my steps have been ordained by God. That little lady right there, I made her day. She got her two six-packs of beer, and she winked at me to say thank you, not to flirt at me. All right? I'm just saying, you've got to bloom where God put you. Some of us in this room, we have been griping about our location, our situation, our circumstances. Can I ask you something? In the middle of all that griping, have they changed? <laughs> just saying. Sometimes you've got to reevaluate things to see the value in things. Have those circumstances and location and situation changed at all? Most likely haven't moved the needle and probably gotten worse. How about you flip it? How about you worship and praise God and thank him and give it up for God? How about you make a difference where God put you? How about you open your eyes and see all that you have around you and see if you're doing anything to impact the kingdom because every step you take has been ordained by a sovereign God, not to draw attention to you, but to draw attention to the king. If you're faithful with a little, mm, you'll get much. Nobody promote you like God will. Woo, nobody. 
will promote you like God will. Marriage is rough. I'm gonna tell you a common denominator where you won't fight over. You take communion as a couple and worship, you won't fight. Promise you. You might fight before you get there, but you won't fight after. Because when Jesus gets in the middle of your stuff, he'll make everything better. Most of what we get so bent out of shape on really doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is that we make a difference where God puts us. I want you to see some scripture here. No, before that, I want you to hear this statement. The church, the church is called to make a difference. And the church is called to make a difference. He said, Jeff, you just repeated yourself. Oh, no, I did not. The church is called to make a difference. And the church is called to make a difference. See, some people think that the church is supposed to make the difference. Oh, no, 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 no. The people we're supposed to make a difference in their life, they won't walk in here. But you walk out there. They're at every restaurant, every store. You drive with them. You do life with them. Your kids are on the same team in baseball or softball. Not for you to go out there and get sandblasted by wind, but to go out there and do life together and make a difference. You say, well, some coach put my kids together on a baseball team. No, God put your kids together on a baseball team so that you as a husband and you as a mama can get together with that mama and with that daddy and make a difference. You gotta get a kingdom perspective. This thing ain't about you. This thing's about the kingdom. Go make a difference. The church is called to make a difference and the church... You and me, we're called to make a difference. He's coming back to get the church, all right? You and me, when we come together, we make a corporate church, big church, but individually, we are the church. It's time that we, as the church, go have church. Go have church. Go have church. I want you to go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Got a row, got a row. Matthew 28. We know this as the Great Commission. I want to show you something in Scripture. Matthew 28, look at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. I need to stop. <laughs> a couple little things before we get to the text here. How many are there? 11. Thought there was 12, right? Mm-hmm. One decided his way is better. I'm just, that needs, somebody needs to hear that. He thought his way was better. Now there's 11. They went to Galilee to a mountain where Jesus had what? Told them to go. Let me say this to you. We are called to be his disciple and to make disciples. One of the characteristics of a disciple is that they obey God. Jesus told them to go to the mountain of Galilee and Galilee, and they went there just as they were told. Are you doing as if he told you? If he says something, are you saying yes? 
or does it not fit your plan so you don't do it? God is a sovereign God who is in control. He, he knows the way, it's better. When God calls you, prompts you, pushes you to do something, say yes to him, even if you don't know why. Because his ways are better. And if you wanna be a disciple of Jesus or you call yourself a disciple, the number one mark of a disciple is that he does what Jesus says. Move on, preacher, I will. Here we go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always until the end of the age. Who is he talking to here? Who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to the disciples. What he said to the disciples, go make disciples. We sometimes think in our American brain that the church's job is to make disciples. The church's job is to make disciples. Listen to me, church. It's not the staff's job. The preacher's job. It's not the job of the church. It's the job of the church. You and I, who have been given new life in Christ, we know God, been set free, have a purpose. We gotta go make a difference. We gotta go make disciples. We got a story. We've got a song. We gotta sing it. We gotta make disciples. It's not the church's job necessarily to do it. It is our job individually to go do that. Are you seeing those opportunities around you? Are you making a difference? The mission team up here last week said, once one person said, it always thought it had to be grand. <laughs> what a great word. What a great word. It doesn't have to be grand. It just has to be, <laughs> it just has to be him. You know what I mean? I handed a six-pack of beer, two of them, to her grandma. You say, well, that ain't God. Well, how do you know? You're just supposed to make a difference where God put you. We used to eat at Ruby Tequila's all the time. There was a waitress there. We got to be friends. She started coming to church. One Sunday morning, my wife's holding her baby, and she gave her life to Christ at the end of the church. I baptized her the next Sunday. Can I tell you something? We're about to walk out into some restaurants. Mm. I had to be a waitress or a waitress the last two years. I had to be a restaurant owner the last couple of years. God has set a golf ball on a tee, and he put a driver in your hands. You know what he's saying to the church? Grip it and rip it, baby. Grip it and rip it. Come on. And I don't even play golf. I'd rather do this. Boy. You know what I mean? Grip it and rip it. There ain't no time like this time that God has positioned the church. Woo. No time. Nobody got hope. Everybody in despair. Don't know what tomorrow brings. Having a hard time with this and a hard time with that. 
be ready in and out of season to give a reason for the hope that lives inside of you. Take the duct tape off your mouth, man. Put a song in your mouth. Be set free and start dancing because the world is watching the church. It's time for the church to wake up and see the world. Put it all around you, man. You know why you have that job you have? Because God put you there with the skills he gave you. For what? To make money? Oh, no, you'll leave that behind. That won't go with you. What will go with you is the treasures. It is the people that you touch for the Lord or the impact you make on people's lives. Everyone that walks into your business and every service call you go out to, they weren't accident or circumstance. They were divine appointments by God. When you start seeing them like that, it'll change everything. You wanna be miserable? Make it all about you. You wanna have fun? Make it about Jesus. You sing your song and you dance to his, all right? And you'll have fun. You make it all about you, you're gonna be mad at every signal light on Sansi. Every one of them. Because you're gonna think somebody's up there watching your car going, uh, red light, got him again. Uh, red light, oh, they're gonna be late. Red light, they're gonna be late. And you're gonna go home and tell your wife or husband and they should look at you and say, it ain't about you, honey. It's not about you. Maybe you need to stop at that red light next to that dude beside you so you could roll down the window and give him a word or just wave at him or just say hi to him and just give a friendly gesture to get your mind off a signal light and realize there are other people out there. That line at Walmart is gonna be long until you figure out that line's long for a reason. <laughs> just saying. And if you don't get it, I'm gonna print a T-shirt and give it to you because you're gonna have to catch on to something, man. You've been set up by God, all right? Last scripture, go to Exodus. I am gonna stop. I promise there'll be a moment, all right? Exodus 33, I want you to see this. This is gorgeous right here, beautiful. Go to Exodus 33, look at verse 14. The Lord replied, this is Moses talking to God. God doing a lot of this talking. Moses doing some too. All right, this is Moses and God. Look at verse 14. I'm gonna skip a little bit. I wanna start in 14 for time. The Lord replied, whoo, my presence, mm, come on, will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, man, this is good. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone, mm, anyone, know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? And what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Look at 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Mm, look at 18, every day for us, buddy. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. He said, well, Jeff, what do, you, what do you mean? I mean this. Head come off the pillar. He said, God, I don't know what today holds, but I know who holds it. And I know who's in me. I am in Christ. I bear your presence. Where I go, you go. So God, I'm asking you to put me right where you want me all day long. My eyes are open. My ears are open. 
I know my feet are divinely appointed and every step I take is by you. So God, I wanna represent you. I wanna sing your song and I wanna dance if need be. And God, I wanna make a difference, the same difference you made in my life because I was once blind, but now I see. I once had no purpose, but oh, I have a purpose. I once had no reason to get up, but oh, now I have a reason to get up. And God, I want you to put me in front of people like that because if your presence doesn't go with us, what's gonna distinguish us from all the other people group on the face of the earth? Nothing will. So God, divinely put me where you want me and I'll make much of you. I wanna make a difference because you made a difference in me. So God, now show me your glory. And I won't beat my chest on my mountain, but I'll point to Jesus and say, he's the reason. He's the reason. He's the reason. Church, it is our job. The church is called to make a difference. And the church is called to make a difference. Will you join me on taking that driver and grip it and rip it for Jesus? because he has put the ball on a tee and said, this is the greatest day for the church moving forward. And if you don't do it now, you're not gonna do it. Ain't no time to hide and no time to be quiet and no time to cower down and no time to have no fear. Our king is named Jesus and he's leading the charge and out in front of us are worshipers and we better start singing a song because I'm telling you right now, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the answer for everything. So church, let's go make a difference. Let's go make a difference. I'm gonna invite you to stand. Worship team, I'm gonna invite you to come on up. I'll come back out. If you're on the, on the ministry team, I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna ask you to come and take your spot down front. This altar's a safe place. Always has been, always will be. That's why they call it the altar of the Lord. You may be here today. You may not have a relationship with the Lord. You may, from number one core value, you don't know God. But today, when I said the creation can know the creator that did something for you. So if that's you today, you come right here, give your life to Christ. We can baptize you at the end of the service because we have short t-shirts and a towel for you. If you need to get your baptism right, came to the right house. We can do that as well. We're gonna have a baptism at the end. We can just add to it, amen. Amen. Today, if you find yourself on a, in a spot in circumstances, just in a situation, you don't like it, and you haven't made much of it, and you missed it, you see it differently now. God says to you, I see you, I got you. Make a difference. Just make a difference, man. Just make a difference. And so church, I'm asking you, it's time for the church to make a difference. And it's time for the church to make a difference, amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, do what you need to do today. We will say yes to you. Say our name, Lord. Salvation, say our name, baptism. Say our name, make a difference. God, we'll do it. We'll say yes to you. God, thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, right now, draw your people for your glory, for your glory, in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, 
find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.